0: Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Welcome. To the First Baptist Church of Tryon. Thanks for dropping by our YouTube channel to watch this Sunday sermon. I appreciate you taking the time to do that. I want to remind you that our main opportunity to worship is via Zoom on Sunday mornings at 11 a.m. You can see that, find information about that in the description below. So thanks for being here. We spent quite a few weeks in Matthew 13 going through some parables and, and now Come to this really familiar text in Matthew 14. Immediately, Jesus made the disciples get into the boat and go on ahead to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. And after he dismissed the crowds, he went up the mountain by himself to pray. When evening came, he was there alone. But by this time, the boat battered by the waves was far from the land. For the wind was against them. And early in the morning, Jesus came walking toward them on the sea. But when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified, saying, It's a ghost! And they cried out in fear. But immediately Jesus spoke to them, and he said, Take heart, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. Jesus said, come. So Peter got out of the boat and started walking on the water and came toward Jesus. But when he noticed the strong wind, he became frightened and beginning to sink. He cried out, Lord, save me. Jesus immediately reached out his hand and caught him, saying to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the wind ceased and those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly you are the Son of God. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. I cannot read this text without thinking about a story that a a friend of mine shared some years back. He had started going to a new church, and it was a new church start, this kind of charismatic type minister had had kind of conjured up quite a following and and they had started this new church and there were quite a few people coming and and so this minister had all those new folks over at his house and they had a nice picnic out beside this little pond that he had out by his house and they had spent the afternoon talking with each other and enjoying each other's company and when you felt like the get-together was about over. The minister said, you know, I do have one thing that I want to show you guys. And so he walked out to this little wooden dock that he had on the pond, walks out to the pond, and he just very gingerly puts his foot over the edge of the dock onto the water, puts one foot there, and then, then he takes the other foot slowly, carefully, places it there on the water, and the next thing you know, he is no longer on the dock. He is literally suspended atop the water, and so he just slowly makes his way across the pond on top of the water, and And the people are, are well, they're confused. <laughs> they're not quite sure what to make of it, Um. I mean, some of them were in awe, some of them thought it was just, you know, kind of a joke or something. And when he comes over onto dry land and walks back to them, they all want to know what had happened. And he said, well, what did you see? I just walked across the pond. And he explained to them that he was on this, you know, high level of sanctification and that he was now able to do miracles since he was walking on the water. And the people were just in awe, except for this one guy. And this guy was out on the pier himself because he just didn't buy it he's like i don't know about this this seems a little sketchy to me and so he's looking over um off the the pier and that's when he notices that there's a two by 12 about a couple inches there just underneath the water and sure enough this guy this this minister i shouldn't call him a minister this charlatan had taken some pylons and placed them there in the pond and had built a two by twelve little <laughs> little walkway of two by twelves just underneath the water so it would appear that he was walking on the water. <laughs> Which, you, you know, I haven't seen anybody do. Have you You ever given it a try? haven't. Had, that's not. It's kind of hard to do. Just walking on the water. And that's usually what happens when we read this text. We can't help it. We're these modern, rational, scientific creatures. And we're like, well, that. how's that work? Did Jesus have some pylons and some 2x12s out there? And And if you're reading the text, you, you know, it may catch your attention that it's at night. It's dark, stormy. I mean, did the disciples really see what they thought they saw? Maybe, maybe they were actually really close to the shore and maybe Jesus was walking along the shore and they just thought he was walking on the water. Or maybe it was a sandbar. I remember when I was uh, working at Caswell one summer, you could swim out, I, I don't know, probably 40, 50 yards way out off the beach. And as you would be swimming, all of a sudden, you just run into this wall of sand. There was this huge sandbar that had popped up. And so you could be way offshore and you were standing in like ankle, shin deep water, almost look like you were walking on the water. And so if we, if we don't watch it, we get caught up in the miraculous nature of this. Well, how did Jesus do that? And we we might think that the point is that Jesus suspended the laws of nature just so he could show how awesome he was by walking on the water. But I don't think that's the point. I think the walking on the water is more than just walking on the water. You see, for us, water is usually something that we associate with fun, at least this time of year, right? We go to the beach, we play in the water or we go to the river and we go swimming, or we go tubing, or, you know, water, fun. People, We humans are drawn to water, but in the ancient world, it wasn't that way at all. The sea wasn't just a bunch of water. The sea was chaos. It was primordial evil. It was this place that was home to the demons and Leviathan. And so to walk on the water... Was to show that there was one who was even more powerful than the sea. If you're reading through the uh, near the end of Revelations, you'll come across, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth, and for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away, and the sea was no more. This evil and chaos, this abyss of the sea is gone. And the new heaven and the new earth. And and here is Jesus showing that he is even Lord over the chaos of the sea. And so we get hung up wondering how all that worked when I think there's something more powerful go on, going on there. Or, or we get hung up about Simon Peter and his lack of faith. Well, Simon Peter took his eyes off Jesus and he just sank. He, we, I've heard a few certain well, he should, if he'd have kept his eyes on Jesus he would have been just fine well he should have kept his eyes on Jesus but I don't think that was a problem you know if Simon Peter would have just had a little more faith he could have walked across that water I, I don't think so I really don't think so because I don't think it's possible for Simon Peter to walk on the water he could tread water swim, float I mean we can do that but I've yet to see anybody I know walk on the water And even when we use that language figuratively, and we often use it in a pejorative kind of way, right? Like, well, he thinks he can walk on the water. But even when we use that language figuratively, people can't do it. Oh, there might be people that we hold in really high regard, really high esteem. We might kind of think they can walk on the water, but if you just watch them long enough, they'll do something and, and it'll disappoint you. Now, now my wife still thinks I can walk on water, so don't y'all tell her that I' you know, I'm just I'm just doing this because she doesn't even watch these sermons and I thought I could throw I'm just kidding just a little. So Simon Peter should have just stayed in the boat. He should have stayed in the boat. Jesus, Jesus sends them out. I think this is the first time in Matthew when he sends out the disciples on their own and they haven't even gone five minutes and Jesus is trying to get a little rest and trying to get away from these people for a while. And then they're crying out and they, they're in need. And so he goes out to them and they think it's a ghost. They think it's a ghost and Jesus, Jesus says, no, 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 it's me. In fact, he says more than it's me. He says it's I, except that's actually more than that in the it's, I am. I am. It's really a little play on words there that we can kind of miss in the English. It's I am. That should have that should have erased any doubts as to who this was. And yet Simon Peter says, well, Lord, if it's really you, then command me to come to you on the water. Simon Peter did do some boneheaded things. This one might be the... This one might take the cake. If it's really you. (laughs) And if you've been paying attention in Matthew, you've already heard a voice that sounds familiar. If you go back to Matthew 4, there's this little Q&A session that Jesus has with someone. We call it the temptation. (laughs) If you are the Son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. If you are the Son of God, just go ahead and jump off the temple. And then here's Peter. Lord, if it is you, if it's really you, command me to come to you. When Jesus says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Fred Craddock, the New Testament scholar, reminds us. He says, this has nothing, absolutely nothing to do with Simon Peter's inability to walk on the water. That's not what Jesus is questioning. It has everything to do with the question that Simon Peter has asked. The Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you. Why would you doubt it's me, Simon Peter? Do you? I mean, for one, can you not recognize my voice? Who else? Who else would you have expected? Even the ancients knew that you just couldn't walk on the water. They believed only a deity could do such things. I mean, who were you expecting, Simon Peter? And so Jesus immediately throws out his hand to Simon Peter, rescues him. And then when they get back into the boat, we have what is in essence the first worship service of the Christian church. And those in the boat worshiped him saying, Truly you are the Son of God. Because of this episode and a couple of others, boats, ships have long been a symbol of the Christian church. I understand why on occasion you might want to get out of the boat, you know. I mean, let's think about it. If the church is this boat, I can understand why you might want to get out of it every once in a while. We... Christians are committed to each other, and we love each other, but at the same time, sometimes we, we want to kill each other, right? Sometimes we can drive each other crazy. I mean, if we could just get rid of all the people, we could pull this thing off, Jesus, but all these people, and we're supposed to love each other, and how are we supposed to do this? And so I understand that sometimes you might want to get out of the boat. You might want to jump ship. Might want to give up. I get it. In fact, trust me, we ministers probably get it better than you guys do. There are days when we're like, these people, come on. I'm just going to jump ship and swim for shore and see what happens. There are times when it is rough and stormy and dark and it seems that Jesus is nowhere to be found and these people in the boat are about to drive you crazy. But here's the good news. Here's the good news. You can't walk on water. (laughs) Oh, you might be able to swim and float and tread water and all that. But you can't walk on water and I promise you that is good news. That is good news because there is one who can. There is one who can even walk on the water who can even calm the waters one who is greater than all that binds us and all that brings fear to our lives there is one who is greater than all of that all of that evil and even in our doubt even in, even when we say lord is it really you he is with us And He will rescue us. We are not alone. The good news is that we aren't ultimately responsible for the work that we are called to do. Because if it were just us, we couldn't do it. But this God who has started this work in us, this God who has started this little ship of faith called First Baptist Trion. And it's rough right now. I get it. We're going through some rough. But this God has not abandoned us. And so the question is not, do you have enough faith to walk on water? Because let me tell you, you don't. The question is, do you have enough faith to stay in the boat? Stay in the boat. Don't jump ship. Let's keep at it. Let's keep at it. Let's keep at it. And as we keep at it, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, Bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Let's keep at it. Don't jump ship. Amen.